Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sip on the go with a Starbucks Ice Shaken Espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Hello and welcome back to Band Biographies. I'm your host, Tom Austin Morgan, and I'm here to let you know what's been going on in the last month and what you can expect from the next episode. Firstly, I'd like to thank Leo Ulf once more for the time he took to talk to me on last month's interview episode. He's such a nice bloke who I think is so engaging to listen to. There's been a slew of reviews on Apple Music this month, all from the UK and all with five stars, which is great. The first came in on the 29th of January from T140D, who said, Another blinder, another great podcast, lots now to revisit and lots to check out. Thanks for taking the time for leaving that rating and review, and of course there is indeed, as T140D said, lots to go back to. It's all evergreen content, it's documentaries and interviews, they don't really mention anything in particular that's time sensitive or anything, so yeah, absolutely, if you want to go back and listen to the whole lot, I do suggest it, obviously. The second came in the next day, on the 30th of January, from Steve Smelthurst, who said, Great find. Great podcast if you're into punk. I was searching for very early Adam and the Ant stuff and found a great episode from Tom. It was very well put together and totally fascinating. Although I'm not a fan of half the bands featured in previous episodes, Tom delivers a great insight that makes you want to continue listening. His interviews are always lively, including one with a record label owner whose name I can't remember, but told great stories. So if you're into harder to find stuff on bands from late 70s, early 80s punk and the like, you can do no better than give band biographies a go. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Steve. I'm glad that you found what you were looking for in the Adam and the Ants episode, and thank you for suggesting that others use my podcast for finding out more about their favourite bands as well. I originally set up the show just to find out a bit more about these bands myself, as well as sharing their stories, which I think are fascinating. But I'm so glad that it's doing the same for others like yourself. Also, thank you for shouting out the interview episodes. I usually get fewer bits of feedback on these, so it's nice for me to hear that you enjoy them as well. The interview with the label owner was Jack Pop of Alco Pop Records, and that is by far the interview that's generated the most feedback. He was a brilliant interviewee with amazing stories, I completely agree. The third review came in the very next day on the 31st of January. I'm not sure what was going on that week, but it's brilliant. 
This one came in from Moondoggy68, who said, A must listen if punk is your thing. Never fail to inform and entertain. Keep them coming. I certainly am trying to keep them coming, Moondoggy68, and thank you for taking the time to leave a review. I'm glad you're finding the podcast informative and entertaining. Most recently, on Thursday the 17th of February, Lindsay Head left this review. Blown Away was the title. I was blown away by the Stiff Little Fingers episode. I love the way this show goes down little rabbit holes, chasing side stories down before returning to the core narrative. Also impressive is how historic interviews are cut and rearranged to give different perspectives on the same topic. Really enjoyable and I'll listen to it again. And I'm also enjoying listening to the other shows where I previously knew nothing about the artists. The presenter's understandable but enthusiastic style is infectious. Wow, what a review. Thank you so much, Lindsay Head. I'm glad you enjoy the rabbit holes I go off down. I find it interesting to follow the origins of a song or what some of the band members went on to do, no matter how obscure. To me, each member of every band brought something to the table and should be treated with as much respect as what we might call the main members. I always try to find out as much as I can about them all, though sometimes they do just drop off the radar completely. But some go on to have really strange careers, either in the music industry or outside of it. And I find that really interesting, so I'm glad that you do too. As for the interviews, there's usually only one side of a story that gets told. In most cases, there are at least two sides, if not four or five. So again, I like to go out of my way to represent each side of the story, and I'm really happy that you enjoy that. I think it gives a more rounded aspect to these bands' stories. This is evident in the Stiff Little Fingers episode with the differing views on things between Jake Burns and Henry Clooney, for example. I'd love to have found anything where Bruce Foxton talked about being an SLF, but I couldn't find anything at all. I also found some interviews with the members of The Clash who were brought in to replace Mick Jones when he left, Nick Shepard and Vince White. The whole Clash Mark II story is something that has been airbrushed out of the band's official history, but really gives a deeper insight into Joe Strummer's character and headspace in the mid-1980s, before he really did call time on the band. It's also cool to hear that you would go back and listen to the SLF episode again, and that I've encouraged you to listen to other episodes that are about bands that you aren't such a big fan of. I think learning about things that we don't know a lot about is a really good way to be. And that's about anything from punk rock bands to politics and the wider world. Not enough people do that, so I applaud you, Lindsay Head. Thank you so much for all four of these reviews. It was a really nice surprise to get so many in such a short space of time. And I did notice that the show charted higher in the Apple Music rankings than it had in a while. So there definitely is a correlation between the number of reviews that you get and how visible the show is in the search. So keep it up guys, it really does help. As promised last month, here's a new section about all the news from the world of punk that has broken in the last four weeks. Hell-raising San Francisco punk band The Dwarves are back in the studio recording a new album, with Josh Fries on drums alongside Black Dahlia, Mark Diamond and Nick Oliveri. They recently posted some images on social media of them in the studio. The Dwarves are also going on tour in the US this summer with The Queers, where they'll be playing their entire 1997 album The Dwarves Are Young and Good Looking in full. 
The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has announced its nominations for 2022 inductees. This year, there are 17 parties vying for induction instead of the usual 15, due to a tie in the nominating committee's electing process. Seven nominees in the performer category this year are on the ballot for the first time. Duran Duran, Dolly Parton, A Tribe Called Quest, Eminem, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon and Beck. The ten parties getting another crack at induction are Pat Benatar, Devo, New York Dolls, Kate Bush, Judas Priest, Eurythmics, MC5, Rage Against the Machine, Fela Kuti and Dionne Warwick. Inductees will be announced in May and the ceremony will take place in the autumn. Tom DeLonge's band Angels and Airwaves have cancelled their 2022 UK and European tour, stating on Instagram, Due to complications surrounding the ongoing Covid pandemic, we unfortunately have had to cancel our upcoming UK-EU dates. We are absolutely gutted to not be making it back overseas this spring and are working on returning as soon as we can. Refunds will be available from your point of purchase. Thank you. We miss you. Fuck Covid. Now onto a band I featured in a documentary episode on band biographies just over a year ago. The Undertones will release a new compilation called Dig What You Need on March 11th on Dimple Discs. The vinyl only release will collect tracks from 2003's Get What You Need and 2007's Dig Yourself Deep. The tracks have been remastered and this is the first time that these tunes have been presented in vinyl format. The band is also going on tour, starting in the UK in March and moving on through Europe in April and May. Neville Staple and his band will open for them at the first date at the Lead Mill in Sheffield on March 10th and Hugh Cornwell from The Stranglers will open for the rest of the UK dates. Idols have released a video from their song Crawl. The song is from their album Crawler that was released in 2021 via Partizan Records which I shouted out as one of my favourites of last year. Idols have also announced North American tour dates, which includes a few appearances before Coachella, and then they'll be back in August and September. Tickets are on sale now, and I'd urge my US listeners to check out their music and go and see them live. Scarpunk band The Last Gang have released a video for their cover of Fugazi's Blueprint. It's a much harder, faster take on the song that I really enjoy which shouldn't come as a shock, as alongside Idols, I name-checked them as one of my favourite bands of last year. On the 5th of February at the Muzak Rock and Roll Carnival in LA, Jesse Michaels and Tim Armstrong performed a rendition of Operation Ivy's sound system with the Interrupters as the backing band. Some publications and fans have been salivating over an Operation Ivy reunion, however the event's representatives and the musicians themselves stated that this is not an Op Ivy reunion, just Tim and Jesse playing an Op Ivy song. At any rate, it was nice to see these two get back together again, even if it was just a one-off. Canadian hardcore punk band Cancerbats have announced that they will be releasing a new album. It's called Psychedelic Jailbreak and will be out on the 15th of April. The band have also released a video for the title track that features studio footage of the band. Cancerbats will be touring Ontario and Western Canada in the spring. Super influential English goth rockers Killing Joke are about to release their first new material in seven years. A four-track EP called Lords of Chaos will be released via Spine Farm on March 25th. Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong had his vintage 1962 Chevy Nova stolen earlier in February. He reported it to the local police and asked for any information to find the vehicle on social media. 
and a few days later, sheriff's deputies of Costa Mesa County fi- and a few days later, sheriff's deputies of Costa Mesa County found the car. Apparently, it was not damaged, and the reason for the theft remains a mystery. Billy Joe then posted this on Instagram alongside an image of himself grinning from ear to ear. Found my car. False alarm. Turns out I forgot where I parked it. Kidding. Truth is, the person that stole it left it parked. Joyride? Maybe. Who knows? We live in desperate times. Thank God it's all in one piece. No damage. Thank you, thank you to everyone that searched for my Chevy. Love you all. Florida pop-punk group Newfound Glory will be celebrating the 20th anniversary of their 2002 release Sticks and Stones, one of my favourite albums by them and the first big band I ever saw live. They'll be touring the US this summer from May to August, supported by 4 Year Strong and Be Well. In film and TV news, Paramount Plus has confirmed that Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe will be arriving in July, with brand new episodes as a TV series to follow this summer. A synopsis for the film reads, In perhaps the dumbest space movie ever made, Beavis and Butthead are sentenced to space camp by a creative judge in 1998. Their obsession with a docking simulator <laughs> leads to a trip on the space shuttle with predictably disastrous results. After going through a black hole, they re-emerge in our time where they look for love, misuse iPhones and are hunted by the deep state. Spoiler, they don't score. Last month, Beavis and Butthead creator Mike Judge shared a first look at the now pot-bellied, thinning-haired middle-aged duo and revealed they need some time to get back in shape. In sadder news, Al Barr of Bostick Celtic punk band The Dropkick Murphys has announced that he will not be playing with the band on their upcoming American and European tours. He will be sitting out the dates to look after his mother, who was recently diagnosed with Lewy body dementia. Ken Casey will cover his vocals on the tour, with Jesse Ahern and Mickey Rivkeys from the Rum Jacks and Jen Rezavi from the Bomb Pops also providing vocals. I for one would like to send my best wishes to Al, his family and especially his mother Ingrid at this difficult time. Canadian Celtic punk band The Real Mackenzies have announced that they will be releasing a greatest hits album called Float Me Boat, which will feature 23 songs and will be released on the 18th of March via Fat Records. They have also released a song called Chip ahead of the album with a statement from vocalist Paul McKenzie that reads, Charles Dickinson wrote a story and you should read it. It's called The Devil and Mr. Chips. It's a story about a guy who was a shipbuilder and one day the devil appeared before him with a bucket of nails and copper. As a shipbuilder, that stuff's really valuable. Satan wanted his soul in return, but he'd have to take this wee rat with him, along with the nails and copper. And that rat was a right little fucker and drove the man mad. It's a really good read. I'll have to check that out. New York hardcore band Cro-Mags will be touring Europe in June and July with support from Street Soldier and Cage Fight. Cro-Mag frontman Harley Flanagan has stated that the group is working on new material, so maybe we'll hear some of that played on the tour. Dublin post-punkers Fontaine's DC have released a video for their new song, I Love You. The video is as dramatic as the song is atmospheric and intense. I Love You is the first song released from their upcoming album, Skinty Fear, which will be released on April 22nd via Partizan Records. Fontaine's DC will be touring North America in the spring. Frank Turner has finally scored his first number one album with his ninth studio album, FTHC, which was released last week. 
The singer-songwriter's record claimed the top spot with almost 90% of physical sales, topping the UK official record store chart and the official vinyl albums chart. It's his highest ever charting position after his last album No Man's Land went in at number 3 in 2019, and his 2015 album Positive Songs for Negative People peaked at number 2. Getting a number 1 album is crazy, it's not a thing I ever thought would happen to me, Turner told the official charts company. It feels particularly crazy and awesome and I'm proud of it. It feels quite fitting that of all the records I've put out, this is the one that got the number 1 trophy. I'm very proud of this record. It's a more intense, more personal one. At this point in my career I have to dig deep and prove to myself and everybody else that I've still got a reason for making records and making art, and this number one award is pretty good justification of that. I'm very painfully aware that I did not do this on my own, so it's not just my band, label and manager, it's everybody who picked up a copy. I'm incredibly grateful, thank you very much. For my money, FTHC appears to be Frank looking back and pulling in sounds from all parts of his career. There's no overarching theme, no grand plan. Instead, we're treated to punchy songwriting that touches his key influences, moving from hardcore to alt-folk via the odd foray into Americana. It's refreshing, honest, and at times revelatory. The opening track, Non-Servium, is a blast of UK hardcore reminiscent of his old band Million Dead. The record as a whole settles down a bit after this though, and tackles ageing, loss and reconciliation. Having turned 40 and left London, the newly married songwriter is seemingly ready to pick at old wounds. The song Miranda, for example, is a song about his trans parent, with Turner using a country twang to dissect the stern, rage-fueled father he grew up with, and the trans woman he is coming to know, respect and love. A Wave Across a Bay is addressed to his old friend Scott Hutchison, and it's the sort of tender, heart-on-sleeve songwriting Turner has long excelled at. Here though, it's affecting and raw, using no more words than are necessary. Other high points include Perfect Score, an antsy power-pop track that addresses his own flaws, while the choppy, autobiographical lyricism of Farewell to My City is a love letter to London and the transformative powers of flea-bitten venues that increasingly are being closed down. The countrified twang that resonates through the house where I was raised, and the kind of pensive emotional closure that that song offers, sees Frank looking back at his childhood through adult eyes. The song sounds like someone walking through their childhood home for the last time, turning out all the lights in each room one by one as they go. I'm a massive Frank Turner fan, and this album is one of his best in a long time. And finally, yesterday, Adamant announced that his Antics tour for 2022 has been postponed. In a statement, he said, It is with great regret that we have to inform you that the Antics tour is now postponed and will be rescheduled later in the year. Unfortunately, Adam has taken ill, suffering with fatigue, and is physically unable to perform. On medical advice given, he needs complete rest for the immediate future. His summer Let's Rock headline appearances will continue and we will announce as soon as possible the rescheduled dates for the Antics tour. All tickets bought for the tour will be valid for the new dates. Now, I was supposed to be going to see him in Brighton in a couple of weeks time, so this is a bit disappointing for me, but I kind of had an idea that this might happen bearing in mind the amount of research that I've done on him in the past for the two episodes that I did, one on Adam and the Ants and one on his solo career. So I do wish him all the best, I hope he recovers quickly, 
and I hope those tour dates are rescheduled for sooner rather than later. Now, it was my birthday on the 20th of February, last Sunday, and I celebrated by playing two shows within 24 hours with my very first punk band, High Frequency, flanked by my long-term mates Ant Collett and Martin Cork, aka Corky. It was the first time we'd played together in front of people for about 11 years, though we'd been practicing some old songs as well as a bunch of covers recently, as we're thinking of transitioning into a covers band. However, the reception we had from both audiences we played to over the weekend were really warm and engaging. People genuinely seemed to enjoy the songs we were playing, some of which are 19 years old now, so legally able to drink. So watch this space. Maybe covers aren't the way forward after all. I'd like to thank Ant and Corky as well as our wives and partners for putting up with the disruption to their weekends and especially to the people who put us on the lineups for these shows, and finally to all the people who listened and even bought a few CDs which have been gathering dust in my loft for the last decade. If you want to find us, we're on Facebook, and also Instagram at high underscore frequency underscore rocks, or you can listen to that album that I mentioned by searching Welcome to Apathyville on Spotify. This is also the band that provides the theme tune to this very podcast, so you'll know at least one song on there. So, on to the next episode of this podcast. I've been working hard to secure some interviews, but nothing's quite working out. I'd imagine they'll typically all fall into place at once, though. But it's all good, because the next episode will be a documentary, which I still need to properly edit. Everything's in place, including songs and interview clips. I just need to crack on and do the final edit. The band I'm covering on this documentary will be the iconic X-Ray Specs. This one's been a long time coming, I was originally going to do it last year, but then the documentary I'm a Cliché came out, and though it would have been nice to piggyback off that, I didn't want to, so I put it on the back burner for a while. But it's ready now, and we'll be with you on the 1st of March, or if not, as close to the 1st of March as I can make it. I hope you're excited about it, I know I am. X-Ray Specs and their singer Polly Styrene are massive influences on the Riot Girl movement and other artists to this day, and represent yet another band in the original UK punk movement that stood out from the rest. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts, either on Facebook, Twitter, at Bambiogs, on Instagram, at Bambiographies, or via email, bandbiographies at gmail.com, or even in the reviews section on Apple Podcasts next month. As ever, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Do let me know if the news segment works. And until next time, take care, stay safe, see you in the pit. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.